We're pleased to be joined by Jack Farrell for our weekly wine chat. Jack, always look forward to your visit. Steve, you're very kind. Uh, in as much as last week we talked about New Zealand, which is kind of the newest area in the entire world for producing wine, I thought maybe we should talk about one of the oldest. And that's because this week I had several Rhone wines that were just simply outstanding. And I, and that oldest area is probably the Cote de Rhone. Undoubtedly, wines have been there since at least the 6th century B.C. They were planted originally, they think, by the Phoenicians, and then uh, the Greeks colonized the area, and finally the Romans, etc. But uh, they've been producing wine there for, when you stop and figure it, that's almost 3,000 years, and producing wine commercially for that long. I mean, it's astonishing. Uh, who knows, again, exactly when it arrived there, but I'm really glad it did. The Rhone Valley is just a marvelous resource and is still today a great resource. If you're looking for a very modestly priced, reliable wine, look no further than the Cote du Rhone. Uh, those wines, I think, are just so dependable. Uh, pretty hard to find a bad one. You might find some that are kind of on the thin side, but generally the Cote de Rhone's are pretty good. And they're not only good in just red wine, they make a wonderful white wine that's a little less known. But uh, the Viognier grape uh, for making white wines is, in my opinion, a much overlooked gem. It really produces wonderful wines of great depth, good character, etc. And of course, on these summer days, the Cote de Rhone produces some wonderful uh, rosés, primarily from the Grenache grape. The Cote de Rhone is divided into two areas, the northern Cote de Rhone and the southern Cote de Rhone. The northern Cote de Rhone brings us fabulous wines. The greatest wine of the uh, Cote de Rhone north is Hermitage. And Hermitage is a big, powerhouse, bold wine. I was telling some people a couple of days ago, at the turn of the last century, in the early 1900s, if you were out with uh, Bertie, uh, Queen Victoria's oldest son, you might be drinking something called Lafitte Hermitage. And Lafitte Hermitage was Chateau Lafitte Rothschild, which we know today is still a great wine from the Pouillac region of Bordeaux. But it was blended with Hermitage. Hermitage gave it some spines. So Hermitage is almost 100% Syrah. And Syrah's a big, inky red wine with a lot of power. And it gives spine and stability to any wine it's blended with. So the Lafitte Hermitage was uh, sort of, uh, the, well, it wasn't sort of, it was the most expensive wine you could buy in London at that time. And there was good reason for it. The wine was simply delicious. And Hermitage is no question about it. It's a, a marvelous wine. And, and that's, Again, the top, top wine of the northern Cote de Rhone. Another wine from the northern Cote de Rhone uh, would be Cote Roti, the Roasted Slope. And it, too, is a big wine. And these big wines are big, powerful wines and call for big, powerful food. Uh, the southern Cote de Rhone is a little easier. And the most popular and probably well-known wine from that area is Chateauneuf de Pop. And it gets its name from the 1300s when there was a problem in Rome and they moved the whole Vatican and the whole administrative system of the Catholic Church, which was a big powerhouse business in those days and a big powerhouse state. And they moved it from Rome to Avignon. 
And uh, there, the obviously, the Pope uh, who moved it was Pope Clement V uh, in 1309. Uh, they start calling this area Chateauneuf de Pop, House of the New Pope, and uh, the Pope's New House. And anyway, the Chateauneuf de Pops are very, again, reliable wines, big, uh, delightful, uh, take age pretty well. I mean, you can get a, a Chateauneuf de Pop that's 15, 20 years old, and you can usually rely on it. Those, those wines age well, and that's because of the mixture of the Syrah in there, in my opinion, although Grenache grape is really the powerhouse grape and the working grape of the whole Rhone Valley. And that's why, as I mentioned a little earlier, those Cote de Rhone rosés are so good because they're primarily Grenache. And then they, Grenache just makes a delicious rosé. And, of course, you've all heard me talk about my favorite rosé, which is Tavelle. And Tavelle is an area in the Cote de Rhone also, but all they produce in Tavelle is rosé wines. But more importantly, it's just simply Cote de Rhone. Uh, that's over half of the production, almost 60% of the Rhone Valley produces Cote de Rhone, which is the simplest, lowest class wine of the area. And that, to me, is what makes it so uh, popular. The, the wines are very, very affordable, and uh, those little Cote de Rhones are simply delicious. Uh, it's a mixture of Grenache and Syrah, and produced on different soils. The variety is immense in just simple Cote de Rhone. Some are, are a little bolder, some are more meek, some are, are lighter, uh, some are heavier. But the, the Cote de Rhone themselves, it's just a good everyday drinking wine. In fact, my house wine is a simple Cote de Rhone. Uh, they, they're wines that just call for food. They love foods every day. And uh, like I say, the blend of grapes in them uh, reflect the winemaker's skill. And there's so many good winemakers and even good cooperatives that produce Cote de Rhone's that, you know, are very, very pleasing. And, you know, there's some that they, they even named the village after it. But uh, that, you know, as I've said before, uh, looking at a wine label is a little like looking at a target. The more detail is on it. In other words, say we had a Minnesota wine, and then you had a Hennepin County wine, and then you had a Minneapolis wine, and then you had Chateau WCCO wine. So the closer you get to that Chateau WCCO wine, obviously the better the wine is because the prouder the owner is to put his name on it, etc. And the Minnesota wine would be an overall category and going down. And that's the same thing in France and particularly in the Cote de Rhone. But when you get into the crews of Cote de Rhone, it's really wonderful. Tavel is a crew. Vacaras is another wine area that produces wonderful wines that are just perfect for beefy, hearty dishes. But uh, the simple Cote de are the kind they have in the summer, in my humble opinion, because uh, they're, they're just not very complex. They're just right there for you. Easy wines to like, easy wines to drink, and easy wines with food. They're very, very food-friendly. The Rhone River starts way up in the Alps and flows over 500 miles into the Mediterranean. And the vineyards are people both sides of the Rhone Valley as you go down that Rhone River. It is just incredible. And when you stop and figure out that those 
they've been growing wine there for 3,000 years. They have a little bit of history to them, and the wine growers know the area. The Northern Rhone is a much smaller area. It's only 40 miles in that uh, Rhone Valley, and uh, it produces only about 6-7% of uh, the wines that grow there. But as I said, the Cote Roti, San Joseph, Coronas, Hermitage, Croix Hermitage. Croix Hermitage is a nice wine if you want to try Hermitage and you don't want to spend all that money to try a Hermitage itself. That's the most expensive and the biggest wine uh, of the Rhone Valley. Try a Croix Hermitage. Uh, it's a big area. The wines are never terribly expensive, and it's a good introduction to those big powerhouse northern wines. But the southern uh, Rhone is really, in my opinion, where it's at, because those Cote de Rhones make wonderful everyday drinking wine uh, that you can just simply enjoy. You don't have to pick it apart, etc., like you do a lot of great wines and actually be looking for different things. They're simple, they're straightforward, they're very enjoyable, and uh, whether you're having... Uh, a Tavel, which is the wonderful rosé from the area, or you're having just a simple Cote de Rhone rosé, I guarantee you having a Rhone wine on a day like today is going to make your day that much better and make the meal taste better. And it'll introduce you, if you've never had a Cote de Rhone, to a whole wonderful area of wine that anybody who cares about wine ought to be really interesting in to the Cote de Rhone. Welcome to the Cote de Rhone. Hello, Jack. Uh, learned so much, and I'm sure someone at Haskell's could help you find a great bottle of wine from the Rhone Valley. Indeed, the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine, and whether you're looking for a Riesling or you want something from Chile or Argentina, or you're looking for to try one of these Rhone wines, stop in and talk to the folks at Haskell's. They can't make the meal, but they can ensure that the meal is just perfectly accompanied by whatever wine they'll help you pick. And you know the best news is they're going to help you pick a wine that will not break the bank. You'll be able to afford it very comfortably. Haskell's has literally tens of thousands of different wines from all over the world. That's why they're called the wine people. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington, Haskell's in Excelsior, right on the corner of Lake Minnetonka. Haskell's right off of 35W in Faribault. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is a store not to be missed. It's huge, over 22,000 square feet. Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis has free parking on Saturday and Sunday. And Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. All right, Jack, I always learn so much. Good to hear from you, and we'll visit again in a week. Steve, I'll look forward to that. There he is, Jack Farrell, in our <laughs> weekly wine chat uh, from Haskell's here on CCO 